I'm Kaze, and this is the Movieville.org podcast, episode number... Oh, shit, what did I do? Episode number 31. And I realize it's been a long time since we did the last podcast. Probably about three years, I think. 2012. December 2012, yeah. No. December 2012 was the last podcast we did. No. Yeah. A long time ago. No. No, I've seen you since then. You've seen me since then. We haven't done a podcast since then. Then, well, actually, we did. We did do a podcast, and that was a that was an alpha. Thirty. What about the other ten? We oh, is that just conversation? We didn't record them. That was a conversation. We did for a test, wasn't it? <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Well, glad we're recording today. Okay, it's fine. Um, uh, so there was there was a special reason for this podcast, I suppose. It was um, we watched. Star Wars, uh, episode seven, The Force Awakens, last week, or the last week? Yes. It was last week. Um, and, um, opening night. Yeah, opening night. I was, uh, well, we found a place that will let us drink whiskey in the cinema. That was the best bit. No, it wasn't the best bit. It was a fantastic film. Yeah, that no, was good. Um, so we ended up watching it at midnight uh, on the 17th. 18th it was. 17th. 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 17th it was, yeah. So we watched it the, night, yeah. yeah, so we watched it on the night of the 16th, morning of the 17th. So it was good. I think that was really good. Um, we watched it and we were both blown away, I suppose. Um, Gushal more than me. Um, sorry, let me just introduce ourselves. I'm, I'm Curran Kazed. Um, and this is Gushal. Gushal, yes. Gushal. How have we done this? Like in like, several other episodes. I don't know. We've done this. I'm sure we have. Um, you still need to introduce yourself, man. Like, this is a... a podcast. Okay. Um, anyway, today we're going to be talking about Star Wars. Well, I'll be leading the conversation. Oh, I'll be leading the, the podcast, I suppose, and Kusha will be uh, leading the conversation because he has far more experience with Star Wars than I do. Oh, only because I'm older. Only because he's old. It's an age thing. Yeah, because he's old. Um, so, um, yeah, okay. So, tell us your thoughts. Okay, cool. That's um, that's a big question. Uh, I think um, what we had there was a film that was fifty percent new stuff, I think, and fifty percent stuff that's um, pretty much from the books. Not all of it. So a lot of it's been changed. Disney are doing their thing. Um, I guess it's not just Disney. Sort of the Star Wars, the story group are getting together and they've sort of fleshed out what the core movie canon is going to be. Um, it's a little bit different to the books. There's some things missing, which I thought would be in there. Um, but then there've always been, um, contentious, contentious points anyway. And there were some things which were in there, but they've been changed. Um, and some landmark, landmark events. Cool. Okay. So, um, I guess coming from someone who, um, I suppose isn't as adept in the canon as you are. Um, to me, I guess it was um, I, when I watched the film. I felt how old people like you felt when <laughs> when the original trilogy came out. <laughs> it's like you said, this is Star Wars for this generation, and I feel that the previous trilogy, like you one, two, and three, just weren't. I don't know. I, they were difficult topics of conversation, I suppose. Um, 
this Star Wars to me is the definitive Star Wars of the last I don't know, 20 years, is it? Since the first one came out? One, two, three? Not been twenty years. It's been um, when did Revenge of the Sith come out? Two thousand ten. It's ten years. Yeah, but the first one. Two thousand five. Sorry. Okay, it's been quite a while. And then uh, episode one. Yeah, let's not talk about episode one. Episode what? Was nineteen ninety nine. It started at two, didn't it? Episode two to seven. <laughs> and they're going to make one at some point. Make it properly. All right. Okay. So fine. It's been a long time since any of the Star Wars came out, and um, to have seen a Star Wars that was, I guess, I guess, um, I don't know, as good as this one was, it it felt like um, it felt like you probably felt when four, five, and six came out, or back then, just Star Wars. Um, so this to me was what made me want to read the books now I haven't started reading the books yet but you've read the books and obviously you know things that have happened that I have no idea on okay so I mean I've read some books not all the books there yeah. are so many books yeah. uh, and I don't really get too nerdy with these things I do get nerdy with software and technology <laughs> and I get nerdy with Star Wars I don't know why I don't know why uh, this thing is just so appealing and has so much depth in its story that it just makes you want to explore it um, more. Um, so yeah, a few, a few years ago I decided to dive into the heavily into the books. Um, and yeah, it was good. It was fun. And it's fun. Some things are different. Some things are changed. So are changed. So when you read the books, you have to take some of them with a, a big pinch of salt. Okay, cool. Okay, so... Um, I guess when I watched this, this to me was, and effectively, I guess it was meant to be, it was meant to be like a, almost like a passing of the torch um, from you know the previous generation to this one. I, are we going to put spoilers in this? I think we should. I think it's, I think it's like two, three weeks into its release, so I think we should kind of because there's no way we can. Can we talk about it? Now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Spoilers. Um, so um, you can't. I'm not, there's nothing to talk about if you don't talk about spoilers. Yeah, this is true. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Okay, so the passing of the torch from uh, almost Luke to Ray was there for the first half of the film, and then we see the ending of the film, and then it's almost like a passing of the torch back to Luke. Do you know what I mean? It was. That's what it seemed like to me. It was. Yeah, she was like, hey, "Yeah, this. I had to go at this. This shit's too heavy. Here, you can have this back." <laughs> Yes, that's exactly what it was. I, I, was, I think myself amongst, uh, I think uh, as well as even many of the people were expecting Luke to to pull the saber away from, from Ray, but it was actually where the film ended. So um, that bit was kind of confusing to me. I'm not sure in which direction they're going to go. Obviously, there's probably going to be some kind of training now between Luke and Ray. Or even, do you know what the relationship between Luke and Ray is? Is Luke Ray's father? Oh, that would be strange. Um, I don't know. Obviously, I have no idea. Um, no one knows. She could, he, sorry, she, she's not his father. He could be. Um, I, I, although somehow I doubt it because they've already changed the story. So um, I don't know how much you want to dive into the expanded universe stories. Uh, if at all. 
Um, I'm just really like I'm heavily speculating here because there were I don't know. There's um, I think this foreshadowing, I guess you could call it. Um, there was a a part in it uh, where are we calling him Jason? Ben? What are we calling him? Ben. Well, he's Ben now. Okay, Ben. Fine. Um, where Ben uh, is almost handing the saber to Han. And that's obviously where, spoiler alert, he kills Han Solo, right? But we obviously we know that Ben was his son. I'm just kind of really throwing throwing balls out there, you know. Do you, get, do you see what I'm trying to get with this? Like, there was a passing of the torch, passing of the sort uh, the saber even. Oh, I see. Okay. Do you see yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then there was Ray handing it to Luke. And then it would yeah. also explain why Ray knew so much about Darth Vader, or how she came to the conclusion that uh, Ben was um, dwelling on Darth Vader. Do, do you know what I mean? It just seemed really weird and random when she was captured. Yeah. So this is the, the tr- tricky bit. I, I find it difficult to talk about this without asking questions that the books um, ask. So. There is a character that's missing from all of the films and never mentioned because she was made up. I don't know who made her up, where she came from, but she's in lots of the books and her name is Mara Jade. Um, later on, Mara Jade Skywalker. Um, and yes, she is a character that later on becomes Luke's wife. Now, interesting. Lots of book spoilers here, so um, mainly this is for fast-tracking those stories. In the books, Leia and what's that bloke's name? He's dead now. Who? Han. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, I forgot. He's gone. Uh, They have kids. They had uh, Jason and Jaina. And Jason and Jaina um, obviously inherited their mum's mum's side, Skywalker side um, force powers. And they started training with the new Jedi Order, um, and Luke was the big boss man there, had these guys training and doing things. And there are stories and adventures, and, and, and something interesting happens, which is when th- there's always this undercurrent of light and dark going on, and how it's, it's somehow influencing people's lives, giving people's options, asking them to choose at every point in their life which path they take. And there's an interesting book uh, called... Balls. What's it called? <laughs> it's the one where Leia and Luke and Han are trapped on. Oh, it's the courtship of a Princess Leia. Yeah, the courtship of a Princess Leia, and they're trapped on uh, Dathomir, which is um, where the Night Sisters are from. So, if anyone's seen uh, the Clone Wars, um, there's Ventress, Ventress Asage in that. She's um, uh, like a, a Night Sister, a Dathomiri witch. Um, they have a weird. Well, everything's weird in Star Wars. They have a different culture on Dathomir where the um, Force-enabled witches rule half the planet and the not-so-advanced but physically very capable men live on the other side of the planet and they battle um, to choose partners. Um, And this is a planet which, once upon a time, a young um, Senator Palpatine visited and he found uh, a, a, a baby... Um, a very force 
force a, a sensitive baby, which he effectively rescued and then stole and brought up, uh, that became Darth Maul. So this planet's connected to Darth Maul and Ventress Asajj, and um, Leia is also um, there at some point um, because of, of some political thing they end up going there. Oh, Han actually ends up owning the planet, which is weird. Um, and in this story, Leia has to choose between marrying for political reasons and marrying for love, which in itself is an interesting dark and light choice. Do you um, be with someone because you love them and, and because of how you feel about them? Or do you, do you choose this other guy which will help benefit the um, objectives of, of, of the rebellion or the new republic? So, anyway, I'm... I'm Without telling you the rest of the book, <laughs> um, she chooses Han. But the other guy goes off with a night sister. And later on, their daughter, this other guy and the night sister's daughter, uh, is an influence on the future Jason Solo. Um, which is an interesting repetition of that relationship there, which is another motif or another theme that goes through all of these films. A lot of things are repeated and keep happening again and again in cycles. So, yeah. Um, oh, wow, I don't want to give that away. Uh, what I'll say is that it is Jaina who eventually hunts down. Luke goes looking for, for, for Jason, who is now in the film's Ben Solo. Um, and his twin sister, Jaina, eventually hunts him down and kills him. So there is something about that story that seems to have influenced episode seven. Okay, so a lot of information there. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> there was, um, this is probably going to send your brain off on it. No one's downloading unedited version, yeah? Huh? No one's downloading unedited copy. <laughs> Good. There's a. I'm guessing as is it Darth Darth Plagueis? Plagueis. Snoke, or his name is. Well, okay. Yeah. See what I mean by contentious story points. Um. Yeah, these are just theories made up by people that have too much time on their hands. Just want to make YouTube videos. <laughs> no, it's not true. Uh, they want to do other things besides make videos. Um. Darth Plagueis, Darth Sidious's master, was ha allegedly had the ability to overcome death. So, in episode uh, three, Revenge of the Sith, um, Sidious tells Anakin that it was ironic that he couldn't overcome his own death. Yeah. What about if he could? What if Sidious is wrong? What if he's still alive? What if he transferred himself like Bane? Then there's a possibility that he lived on. And the theory then comes up that he was doing, Sidious was doing Plagueis' work rather than Sidious being the main man. So here we have continuation of the Sith line. Okay. Um, I don't think that was my question. My question was... Uh, <laughs> trying to avoid that question. <laughs> my question... Um, was, uh, yeah, Snoke was talking about the Knights of Ren. Now, Kylo Ren, right? He, he was... Uh, so, uh, was he named after somebody, or is that just a title that's been given to him? 
that's been passed down like from generations. Does this have anything to do to do with like I'm just kind of throwing out words the rule of two or something? Well, this is interesting because the canon has um, up until now tried to stick close to um, the core movie canon has tried to stick close to the rule of two right up until um, the Rebels, the new TV series. Um, which introduces the fifth brother and seventh sister. Um, who are... just, just real quick, for those who don't know, what is the rule of two? Really? Quick. Just real quick. Just real quick. I know what it is. Yoda's version is the quickest. There are two. Done. <laughs> a master and an apprentice. Um, rule of two came from uh, a rule that was set down by Darth Bane about two and a half thousand years before... Um, the, the core movie canon storyline and it came from a gradual weakening of the Sith as they fought amongst each other and killed each other and ganged up on each other and there were these huge wars across the galaxy between Jedi and Sith and Darth Bane who, I mean, the Bane trilogy is worth reading, a phenomenal story um, decided well there's something wrong with the mathematics here that if weaker Sith can gang up on more powerful Sith, then the future Sith will always be weaker because uh, a strong Sith Lord could always be overcome by numerous, less uh, capable Siths. Inquisitors, Sith Inquisitors, Sith Assassins, and all these other levels that they had in their culture. So he decided, well, this is all crap. Why don't we just have one all-powerful Lord and have one apprentice and the apprentice objective is to become powerful enough to defeat their lord because then they will take an apprentice that will do the same thing and each generation of sith will always become more powerful than the last without any dilution without any loss of capability um and to do that he had to do he was called the sith re who was foretold in sith legend that this would happen and he would destroy the sith and then bring them back again and that's literally what happens across the bane trilogy he eventually wipes out all of the Sith, can't even find an apprentice that's suitable um, for him, and um, is left alone at one point as the sole Sith in uh, the galaxy. Cool, okay. That, that, I don't I'm still don't know the question. <laughs> Which question? Now it's a run. <clears throat> okay, it's worth... It's worth considering the rule of two when you think about these people called the Knights of Ren, which were apparently raised from a bunch of fallen Jedi. Uh, we don't know this. This is a speculation. This full story isn't, isn't out yet. Um, but there's something about it that doesn't make sense, which is it looks like a throwback to the old um, ways of the Sith where they had multiple levels. And this is also implied by the emergence of fifth brother, seventh sister, um, who exist at the same time as Palpatine and, uh, sorry, Sidious and Vader in Rebels, the new TV series, which is currently airing, just finished season two, I think. Which is that they have multiple levels of Sith all alive at the same time, which breaks the rule of two. That's quite interesting because they're doing it in two different places. Interesting. Okay, so... I was reading this thing, I sent you an email a few days ago. Uh, it might have been last week, I think. Seven days ago. And it was talking about, um, I don't know if you saw this uh, cameo thing 
for Yamarera. Do you see it? Oh, no, I didn't see that one. I saw some of the others. I don't know if it, how, how true this is. Um, and in that flashback, because I think there's a lot of questions in that flashback that no one's really asking. Um, I really need to watch that film again to, to really figure it out. His, his voice, as well as... Um, what's his face? The um, old... What was the guy's name? What was the old Eli Kennedy? Alec Guinness? Yeah, yeah, him, yeah. Um, what did he say? Uh, Ray, these are your first steps. And you hear everyone say at the end of that flashback, you see Ray, these are your first steps. There were, um, the reason I asked about the Knights of Ren was because in that flashback, oh. you saw, this is in the trailer, and I really hate that they showed it in the trailer and it wasn't like any big part of the film, was it was, I'm guessing it was the, so yeah, Kylo Ren. Is Kylo Ren, is that just a name that's been handed down or is that the name for Ben Solo? No, Ben's, Ben Solo's name is Ben Solo. But of course, when they fall, if you want to use that terminology, or rise <laughs> as a Sith floor, um, they take on this other name, this other persona, because that part of themselves is left behind or, or has been shut away or ignored. So he's taken on this other name, but the name obviously seems to be inspired by the, the Knights of Ren. I know the flashback scene you're talking about is when uh, she Ray first picks her. Oh yes, Luke's lightsaber. Where the hell did she? What? What? Where that fell into? Um, and see, this this is why this is why this is why I'm saying <laughs> this is why I, I'm again I'm having speculation here is 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 that she had a connection with that lightsaber? Again, all assumptions here, right? The only reason I think she had a connection with that lightsaber is because she had that flashback, and obviously a lot of those flashbacks were linked to Luke Skywalker. There was uh, R2D2 was in it, um, the uh, Yoda voiceover, the Obi Wan voiceover. Was there like is there a connection? This is why I'm oh you don't know this obviously, but this is my question. General question is is there a connection between Rey and Luke Skywalker because we don't know what Rey's surname is. Um, but sorry, anyway, going back to the Knights of Ren. So the Knights of Ren, uh, the only reason I ask if that's a name that's been handed down is because if it's the Knights of Ren, surely that sounds like something that's been, you know, around for maybe, I don't know, centuries or years or something. Well, is there any reference to the Knights of Ren in the actual film? Because I watch these and yeah. get... There is? Snoke mentions it. Yeah, he mentioned it in a film. He says, and I quote... Even you, master of the Knights of Ren, have never faced such a test. Yes. <laughs> okay, so that's interesting. Um, he's also notably non-human. Yeah, there's a weird uh, human preference going on throughout the core canon stories. Um, and there's very few, except for like um, token characters in in that weird first film, which I won't mention. Um, all the other goodies and baddies, Siths and Jedis are all human, mostly, um, possibly with the exception of Darth Maul. So I guess this is the first possibly non-human um, Sith in the movie. What's the question? 
<laughs> I'm doing well avoiding this question. <laughs> so my question, my question was, I think I've been answered. I just, I just read something uh, said. Um, <laughs> I'm glad I did that. <laughs> um, what did it say? So my question was, uh, is is Ren basically a name that's been passed down? Um, I think it's been. I think it's been taken. Like I think he's just taken it as a representation. Yeah. Um, I don't know. If it, we'll have to see, we'll wait and see. It doesn't sound right. Yeah, I mean, on um, just looking at Star Wars Wikia, it just says um, the Knights of Ren were an organization that existed in the years after the Battle of Endor. Kylo Ren was a member of this group, taking on Ren as a surname as a result. They were affiliated with the First Order and took orders from Supreme Leader Snoke. So, no reference. Yeah, there's no reference to anything, but um, yeah, I mean. I guess that wasn't the question. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. Okay. So moving on. Um, uh, what? What? Yeah. How did you? How? Uh, how did you feel as a as a uh, as the youth of today watching this new Star Wars film? I mean, I, I wouldn't call it youth. I'm I'm like ten years younger than you. you know? I mean, uh, almost <laughs> ten years. That's a lot. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, for everyone I've been telling the same thing, I've been telling everyone the same thing, I've, I've said that this Star Wars is akin to how you must have felt when you first watched the original trilogy, that's how I feel, I feel, I feel like I need to read everything, I feel like I need to know everything about Star Wars, this is what's got me into Star Wars, when I watched 1, 2 and 3 I was like, okay, this is just like any other sci-fi film, but, you know, this is the Star Wars that's like, shit, like, I want to know more. That's what's got me into it. What got you into it? Okay, that's interesting. So, one, two, and three. I mean, one is um, there's so many things about one that could have been better. It's just don't let George Lucas direct them. He's a great generator of ideas. Not a great director, I think. Um, so, coming from the background of Star Wars, one, two, and three were interesting because they ex- there were an exploration into bits of the expanded universe um, and very cool, especially 2 and 3 for existing Star Wars fans. Not great but good. Um, what was different about this one? Um, you know, I think um, what did it for me mostly was it was the characters more than anything else. Seeing, this is, again, this is something else I've been telling everybody is Everything that made the original trilogy great, uh, the characters and the music and um, the development of the story, exists in this one film. And there's so much of it in this film. There's so much going on, but it's it's so well structured. And even by the end of it, it, it's not enough. I feel like I need more of the film. And I haven't felt that way about a film in a long time. You know, obviously, this past year we've had a, a decent amount of films. You know, Eight Avengers came out. Um, I didn't feel that with this, that film. I felt like once Avengers had finished, it was cool, finished. I'm not, I'm not okay, but with this, with Star Wars, when it finished and we see Luke and it finished, I'm like, shit, like, I, I need to know what happens next. I want to know what happens next. And two years is, is far too long to wait to see what happens. Hence, 
um, me getting into the books and uh, I guess revisiting Clone Wars, um, the animated series and things like that. But um, yeah, I don't know. Um, there was a lot about it uh, that really stuck with me, and even now, I'm, I'm, I feel like I need to see things that I might have missed the first time around. Does it make you want to go back and watch the other films again? Or does it make you want to go back and watch episodes, sort of, any of one to six again? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, you want two and three, or just four? four? Any of them. Any, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I've got the time off this week, so I'm, I am, I'm hoping to watch um, four to six. So uh, that's, de- that's definitely on my things to do. Because I, I, I need to see those films fully to understand how... It all fits together. Um, it's been a while since I have seen them all. So uh, I think to see them all again would be a good change of pace, refreshing as well. Have you seen um, Clone? How much of Clone Wars have you seen? Come on. Still on season one. I think I'd say the Clone Wars series is phenomenal. I don't understand why it's on um, Disney channels, except that Disney owns it. Um, it's almost like a gift to all those old Star Wars fans out there. It's a wonderful exploration into the expanded universe, into the background stories. It adds um, new characters and new dynamics to existing characters. Um, and you get a, there's, there's a lot to get out of that. There's a lot of enjoyment and a lot of uh, satisfaction from watching those. I recommend those to everyone. Interesting. So with the Clone Wars, seeing as I've just started watching it, um, I'm, I've seen up to, um, God, I've seen a lot of, a lot of, I forget which one I watched. I think I'm, I'm, I'm in the, I'm in the double digits now, so I think I've seen past 10. Okay. Um, but again, like I watched it like earlier this year, so really difficult to say where, where I got it to. But um, from what I was watching, yeah, it was, it was entertaining. And I'm into animation things, so I don't know. It might, might appeal to me even more, but now I'm married. You know, time is slipping away. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Just, um, there's so many things to say about this film. Uh, I, I, I honestly don't know where to start. Hence, it's having this podcast is to have a little light shed on it. Well, there's an insight into why we haven't had a podcast for three years, because you've got a girlfriend. I mean, that's nothing to do with anything, really. <laughs> okay, I mean, all right, I mean, all right. I'm married, okay, she's not my girlfriend, so, no idea. same thing. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so Star Wars. Um, let's talk about the guy who had no point in being in the film, um, Finn. Perfect guy. That's interesting. No point. Um, okay, no, that's a bit harsh. Um, okay, not no point. I think he served to be. Uh, uh, he was basically the guy who who made the film progress, but by the end of it, he had no use. And I've spoken to another, someone else about this as well. As by the end of the film. It doesn't seem like he has any purpose anymore because he's not going to fight the pilot. He doesn't want to be a stormtrooper. Um, he's obviously 
crappy handling a saber. Um, so what good is he? What what can he possibly do in the next film? What you know, Ray has a purpose, but what purpose does Finn have? Wow. No idea at the moment. Um, but he was the trigger point. He was a story. He was, um, in Star Wars terms, he was the embodiment of the Force that that drove Rey away. Um, so he's also funny. There's lots of good comedy moments, uh, which remind me of the moments with 3PO and R2 in the original trilogy, where you're laughing at the interaction with these machines. I think I've just said that he's a droid. I think there was one um, reason he's there, which is that he is, does seem to have, uh, uh, or is implied to be a love interest for Rey. Now, I don't know where they're going to take the story. I don't know what they're going to do about the fact that Jedi's are passionate and have these relationships with people. Um, there's a series of books where um, Obi-Wan denies the relationship he has in his life, and they touch on that in the Clone Wars, actually. Um, the fact that he then took the path of the Jedi, being this uh, religious fundamentalist, <laughs> as, they, as they are. are. Um, and can't participate in normal normal things that not everyone else does. So, um, is that going to change? I mean, another implication of you saying that um, you feel that there's a possibility that Ray could be somehow related to Luke. If she was his daughter, the big question is, who's the mum? And then, of course, another question being, hang on a minute, he was a Jedi. Why is he philandering? True, okay, fair enough. Um, okay, I think, um, okay, yeah, fair enough, good point, yeah, yeah. All right, so another question I have anyway, um, put that on the side for now, is we see Luke at the end of the film, right? And it's evident that he's gone through something because he looks kind of older. Badass. He looks like a badass, yeah. Um, I, I'm not fully aware of what he's done in between the last, was it 30 years? Is it 30 or 20 years? About 30, 35 years. 35 yeah. years. I'm not sure what he's done between that time and this. So we know that obviously he took on Kylo as an apprentice. Yeah. Right? Um, and obviously the training didn't go so well for him. But is, was that the only person he had trained between then and now? No, no, no. I mean, he's set up. He he goes back. Um, I think I can't remember where he goes. I think it was that same um, Yavin, that Ming, um, at the Masasi Temple, and sets up the new Jedi Order. He trains everyone. He even starts um, training Leia. He starts uh, learning a few skills, uh, which is touched upon in uh, a nice series of books called the Thrawn Trilogy. Now, again, some of these books make references to Mara Jade. So I don't know how much of these books will be referenced in the films because that character seems to have been just not touched upon at all. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, she's effectively one of his first students. Um, but she's always obsessed with this fear she has from day one that her kids might... That her kids are technically the de- descendants of Vader. And she's scared that something will happen to them. Something, you know, so she has an interest in horsey things. But she's, but initially, she doesn't actually want children because she thinks something bad will happen. Which is obviously true. We now know. Um, there are a bunch of other force sensitive people that are born, and Luke finds and trains, and this entire new Jedi Council is set up. Luke then um, has this issue. In the books, he has a son called Ben, which is the character that seems to have taken and, and, and squished together with um, Jason to make Ben Solo. Um, but then Luke refuses to have you know him assassinated or, or taken away, or he refuses to give up hope, and he goes out into the galaxy to places that no one really goes to, looking for him to see if he can rescue him, see if he can bring him back to the light side. Okay, so here's a question. So um, during this film, or even uh, I guess the known Star Wars universe, are there any Jedi that exist now aside from? Luke and I guess Ray now. Yes. <laughs> okay. So where are they in this film? Do we do we know any of them? Do we know where they are? Where, where they exist? Okay. So we're back to contentious points again. Um, the movie canon tries to stick to these core characters being, you know, the only ones or the last or whatever. It's a little bit like when you watch Superman and. Kalel's the last of his race and he's the last of his people is on Earth and then Zod appears and then he disposes of him and then he, but he's the last of his race and what's he going to do and he's distraught that he's had to kill Zod and oh but Kara Zor-El Kara whatever her name is uh, appears and he's not the last of his race and then there's all these other Kryptonians coming out of nowhere and they're not, he wasn't really the last one why was he so upset? Um... Yeah, there's a bit of that. I mean, the, the so. Uh, what have I referenced so far? Thrawn trilogy. Okay, so Luke encounters a potential Jedi master in the Thrawn trilogy, which is after Jedi, and he's Luke's thinking it's been a while. They've been on a few other missions and stuff, and Han and Leia are married. Um, I think she's pregnant. Pregnant in that one. And Luke's like, well, I, I need, I need to learn. I need to learn stuff. Um, and so he starts tracking um, uh, all, all over the galaxy, trying to find um, clues to where he can learn things from. And he learns about a potential, a, a, a guy who's a Jedi master that he can go and train with, um, which is one example. Uh, of course, he meets Mara Jade, who's a sensitive person that's no longer working on either, you know, one of these good or bad sides is just walking straight down the middle trying to live her own life. Um, and there are others. There's obviously the Night Sisters, of which there's many, many of, and they have um, a, a good side, which are the, the Dathomiri, the regular Dathomiri, which is on Dathomir. Um, they are reduced in number after some of the things that happened, but they're still about. There's, there's other force-sensitive force creatures. Uh, there's a lot about this in the Clone Wars, 
And then, of course, there's lots of false sensitive babies being born, which is the new Siths post Return of the Jedi go and try and track down. Um, I guess that's all I can say without giving away too much. <laughs> okay, fine. So, okay, that does kind of answer the question. Um, okay, uh, wow. Do, so, are there going to be any more releases of the books? Like, are they making any more books? Following this, so in between this and the next film, do you, do you know? I mean, I hear that the the, the, the story group is um, sort of tidying up and licensing out stories and vetting them. And, and, and uh, I read an interview with um, the author of what's it, uh, Tatooine Ghost. Tatooine Ghost, what's his name? Let's give him some credit. Well, a great book. He's written a great book. Writing, I say because I'm still in the middle of reading it. Tatooine Ghost. Troy Denning. Um, yeah, there's a nice interview with Troy Denning, who's the author of Tatooine Ghost, and he says um, that the story group give, gave him a lot of support and a lot of um, uh, enabled him to actually write this this interesting book that he's written, which takes place. Um, after Jedi, um, but before, or actually, it takes place just almost a few years after um, the courting of Princess Leia. The courtship of Princess Leia. Courtship. 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 Yeah. So the courtship of Princess Leia was a book that was written a long time ago. Uh, it's been around for 20, 25, 30 years, I think. Um, and um, Troy Denning has written a sequel to that book, but with references to the current movie canon that we understand so yes there are more books coming out and the authors are in touch with um the story group and i think that universe will continue to expand i've also just finished reading uh plagueis and tarkin which were uh, a great pair of books um tarkin was a really interesting aside it was just a, a look into the life and development of grand moff tarkin who was uh, the controller of the original death star in episode four Played by Peter Cushing, and it was, you know, there's not that many um, Jedi and Sith and stuff like that in it because this is just a guy who who, who rose through the ranks and he was selected by um, Palpatine to become uh, like a general and then what they call a, a moth in the Imperial Army, and it's just an interesting book. It's an interesting story. It just takes place in the Star Wars universe, but it's not all lightsabers and lightsabers and spaceships. <clears throat> I'd hope for more of those kind of books. What I'd like to see is more books like uh, Red Harvest, which is, I think, a classic <laughs> in the um, in the series of books. There's so many books which just follow either the core storyline or something just outside the core storyline will have a pretty defined structure of good and bad. Um, two books that stand out for me are Allegiance, and Red Harvest. Allegiance is very interesting. It's about a bunch of um, stormtroopers that, for some reason, become deserters and then have to find what their purpose in life is, find what, what they want to be doing, um, uh, and find where their allegiances actually lie and what their purpose is. Uh, which is nice. It's a nice... Uh, I, I resist saying human, but it's a nice human <laughs> book. Um, about other people and how they find living in that universe. 
and Red Harvest. Red Harvest is a book that goes outside of the box. Because Star Wars itself is also a box. Because you have Sith and Jedi and lightsabers and whatever. And Red Harvest says, right, if that, what we're going to have is this nutcase uh, lord called Darth Scabrous. And he is obsessed, just like all Sith are, at becoming immortal because then they'll rule forever. Um, and his way of doing this is using botany. So he finds this rare flower called the Black Orchid that responds to force powers and he starts playing with it and mutating it and accidentally creates a virus that does make people immortal. But it leaves them a little bit zombified. So this is like the Sith appearing in The Walking Dead. It's literally Sith versus zombies. Um, and, the, and it's at a Sith academy with young apprentice Siths who are scared. And it's so interesting to read a book where you're seeing the Sith in a completely different light, where you relate to the fact that they're rational and they have sense and they're trying to survive against a zombie. Where does that? When does that take place? Where does that take place? It's, I think I can't remember, but I think it takes place um, during the Old Republic times. It's like a, it's quite a while before the movies. Okay. Um, oh yeah, of course it does. It takes it must take place before the Bane era because there's an academy of Sith where people go to be trained and stuff. So that was an interesting book. Well written, but interesting. Cool. All right. Okay, that was good. That was a good podcast, I think. (laughs) There's the review. Fantastic. (laughs) Um, Okay, well, thanks for listening, guys. Um, uh, The next podcast will be up um, soon, hopefully. Um, I'm not sure what we'll be talking about next, but... um, This has been a a, a movieville.org podcast, and this was episode number 31 I've been Curran. And I've been Kushal Joshi. And thanks for listening. Why did I say my second? I don't know.